Ladies and gentlemen, this is KRKR-TV. And now, more news of high flyers. Nancy Archer, the former Nancy Fowler, heiress to the Fowler Millions and owner of the fabulous Star of India Diamond, has joined that ever-expanding international society of satellite seers. From the Archer's palatial home away from home comes a report that Mrs. Archer has not only been seeing a sociable satellite, but it's inhabited as well. A 30-foot giant. Was he pink with big ears and tusks? Well, maybe Mrs. Archer, who has recently been feuding with her husband, Handsome Harry, has finally found a man from out of this world. A man who could love her for herself. Come, come now, Mrs. Archer. A man can ignore one million dollars, but 50! I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Iron oh, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a reef call. You're listening to Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is episode 686 for Sunday, June 10th, 2018. I'm back this week with another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is a classic science fiction B-movie. It's Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, it stars Allison Hayes, William Hudson, and Yvette Vickers. Before I get into this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed. With that said, I'm going to play the trailer to Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the trailer with some movie information, and then I'll get into the movie. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror 
and saw descending from the sky a titanic monster whose fearsome touch became a frightful curse. You think I'm drunk, don't you? All of you! I'm not drunk! I'm not! You've got to believe me! Please. It was right in the middle of the highway, 30 feet tall! Once she's in the booby hatch, throw the key away. That'll put you in the driver's seat. You'd make a wild driver, Harry. For 50 million bucks. What she saw was beyond belief until others, too, faced its hideous, uncontrollable menace. Attack of the 50-foot woman, incredibly huge, with incredible desires for love and vengeance. Before I get into Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, I want to talk about a movie I saw last week called Upgrade. As a quadriplegic, it must be frustrating for you, someone who likes to get things done with their hands. Here's the thing. Four guys murdered my wife. If I could find these men, I'd do it. What if I told you I could offer you something that would enable you to walk again? I call it STEM. A computer chip that has the potential to change everything. It's a new, better brain. I am STEM. The system operating your body for you. Can anybody else hear you? No, only you. May I point something out? In the drone surveillance footage, Sir Brantner, Marine Corps, address 414 Citrus, New Grounds. We'll need a plan. I got this. This doesn't seem like a well-thought-out plan. Help! I need your permission to operate independently. Permission granted! Thank you. There's a gun implanted inside his hand. Stan, what do you think I should do? Move, Gray. Whoa, 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 whoa! Man, you are persistent. I cannot allow us to be killed. We are going to finish the job we started. You didn't know that I'm a ninja. <clears throat> While I am state-of-the-art, I am not a ninja. Upgrade is a revenge movie with some science fiction mixed in. It stars Logan Marshall Green. He's the guy who looks like Tom Hardy in Prometheus. The movie is set in the near future. 
It's about a man who becomes a quadriplegic who seeks revenge against the men who killed his wife and turned his world upside down via a computer chip implant called STEM. I saw the trailer a couple months ago. It looked interesting, but I didn't get my hopes up. So I went to the movie not expecting much. But what I got was an amazing movie. It's got a great story. It's kind of gory. A lot of action. The fight scenes are great. And the end has a twist that I didn't see coming. It's pretty much Colossus the Forbin Project and John Wick put together. I'm not going to spoil the movie. But if you've had too much CG in the past few months with Infinity Wars, Deadpool, and Solo, go and see this movie. You will not be disappointed. Or my name ain't Nathan Arizona. That's all for Upgrade. Now let's get into The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman is a 1958 science fiction movie directed by Nathan Geron and produced by Bernard Woolner. It stars Allison Hayes, William Hudson, and Yvette Vickers. The screenplay is written by Mark Hanna, and the original music was composed by Ronald Stein. It was released May 19, 1958, and has a running time of 66 minutes. And here's the cast. Allison Hayes as Nancy Fowler Archer. William Hudson as Harry Archer. Yvette Vickers as Honey Parker. Ray Gordon as Dr. Isaac Cushing. George Douglas as Sheriff Dubitz. Ken Terrell as Jessup Stout. Otto Waldus as Dr. Heinrich von Loeb. Elaine Stevens as the nurse. Michael Ross as Tony the bartender and the giant alien. And Frank Chase as Deputy Charlie. And that's all the movie information I have. So let's get into the movie. Today's movie opens with a TV news announcer reporting several UFO sightings all over the world. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is KRKR-TV, and now for the latest news. Early tonight, the captain of a Swedish icebreaker in the Barents Sea reported seeing a strange red fireball come out of the sky. Says the captain, it hovered above my ship for about a minute and then headed south by southwest, unquote. Radio Cairo reports a herd of camels stampeded by a comet-like object streaking southwest across the Sahara. And in Cape Town, Africa, a boar, no doubt, reports a similar flash across the sky. And still one more, ladies and gentlemen. A farmer in Auckland, New Zealand, reported the strange glowing object, this time moving northeast. Now, let's see. Barents Sea, Cairo, Auckland, Considering the timetable of these reports, the stranger from space should be over our California desert in a matter of minutes. In the next scene, we meet our main character of today's movie. She is Nancy Archer. She is driving a 1959 Chrysler Imperial along California's Route 66 like a bat out of hell. When a giant sphere drifts down out of the sky and stops on the road in front of her car. Mrs. Archer narrowly misses the sphere and runs off the road. A giant alien emerges from the sphere and tries to grab Mrs. Archer, but she jumps out the car and runs down the road. In the next scene, we meet Harry Archer, Mrs. Archer's husband, and his girlfriend, Honey Parker, at a small-town bar. 
The two are openly making out. Harry, what do your wife say? <laughs> She'll say, buddy, tonight, anyhow. You see the way she tore out of here in that big car of hers? She only caught us nodding to each other. She'll make up for all the things she hasn't caught us doing. I'm so fed up. Never should have agreed to go back to her once we were separated. Why did you? You know why. You couldn't pry one nickel out of her. The community property routine only works for women. Man hasn't got a chance. Unless the wife dies. I didn't say anything. You were thinking it. Not the same thing. Didn't you say she was in the nut house for a while? Private sanitarium. What's the difference? She was off a rocker, wasn't she? I suppose so. Well, they got some fancy name for it. Mostly she'd have these violent headaches. Then she got falling down drunk. Still has them to this day. What are you getting at? Oh, come on now, Harry. Let's not be naive. You've made a good start. Now follow through. She's on the brink and you know it. I don't know it. This Dr. Cushing seems to be helping her a lot. She's tapering off in the bottle, too. Hardly took a drink all evening. You saw her. All she needs is a little help. Yeah. Play the husband right to the end. Once she's in the booby hatch, throw the key away. That'll put you in the driver's seat. You'd make a wild driver, Harry. With 50 million bucks. In the next scene, Mrs. Archer finally makes it back to the small town where she is met by the sheriff. The sheriff, his deputy, and Mrs. Archer head back out to the desert to see if they can find the giant alien and his sphere. They find Mrs. Archer's car, but no giant or sphere. Mrs. Archer is mad at the sheriff and his deputy for not believing her story. She jumps in her car and speeds off home. When she arrives at her house, she is met by her faithful butler, Jessup, and her husband, Harry. Is there anything I can do for you, Mrs. Archer? Yeah. Beat it out of here. Don't talk to Jess like that. Maybe you should marry Jess and hire me for the butler. Hey. I said out. You can go, Jess. Yes, ma'am. 
And as far as I'm concerned, you can go too. Go back to Tony's and that woman you were mooning about. Knock it off, will you? Now, you pulled a boner tonight and you know it. Why? Leaving me stranded at Tony's without a rhyme? I wasn't in the mood for an argument in front of all those people. I didn't feel like sitting there and watching you flirt all evening with that red-headed wench you call honey. For heaven's sake, Nancy. Why, I hardly nodded to the girl. Now, you listen to me, Harry. I won't stand for any more of your two-timing. You keep away from that girl in that hotel, you hear? Your backdoor romance has split us up once already. The next time, there won't be any reconciliation. You know, you're going to flip your lid just one time too many with me, Nancy. And you're going to make one too many passes at some other woman. My husband. <laughs> My gigolo, that's what you are. You're a miserable parasite. You're just after my money. I was rid of you once. Why did I take you back? Why? Why? <laughs> Why did you, Nancy? Why? Because I love you, Harry. Why am I always fighting with you when I love you so? I'm sorry, but if you'd only show me once that you really cared, I'd, I'd do anything. What's wrong with us, Harry? I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe I... Harry, I've got to tell you something. Only please don't make fun of me. First, listen to the whole story. Tonight, while I was driving home, I... You're going to think I'm crazy. Oh, no. Go on, Nancy. Harry, I saw a satellite tonight. Was that all? You know, everyone's seeing satellites these days. Not like this. It came out of the sky and landed in the middle of the highway. Harry, I almost hit it. Man, a giant of a man came out of me. I could feel his hands at my throat. I think he was after my diamond. I see you still have the diamond. Well, I ran in the desert. That's why I'm such a mess. I told the sheriff and he didn't believe me. I saw the look on his face. He thought I was drinking. Harry, you know I wasn't drinking tonight. Oh, please, Harry, you believe me, don't you? Of course I do, sweetheart. Now, you've had a terrible night. I think you need some rest. Now, it's late. Come on. I'm going to put you to bed, and we'll go through this tomorrow, hmm? Harry gives Nancy some sleeping pills and puts her to bed. He leaves the house and heads for the hotel, where Honey is staying, but she is at the bar dancing with the sheriff's deputy. I thought you'd be waiting for me at your hotel. You know I don't like you hanging around here alone. You're not jealous of that clown, are you? It's too early to go to bed. Anyways, I'm sick of that flea bag you call a hotel. And I'm tired of waiting. All I do is wait. Wait! Wait! 
Maybe you won't have to wait as long as you think. She's cracking up again. She's seeing satellites and giants. Not only told me about it, but she spread it all over town tonight. Even had the sheriff out looking for this. Charlie was telling me about it. This could be it. When Dr. Cushing hears about it, he'll probably have her committed right away. He's in Baker. I'll call him tonight. Well, that sounds more like it. I don't think I could take much more of this setup. Mm hmm? Anytime you get to thinking that way, remember this. The Star of India. It's the most famous diamond in the world. And you play your cards right and it'll all be yours. <laughs> Someday. Let's call Dr. Cushing. The next scene happens the following morning, when Harry comes home after spending the night with Honey. Harry is surprised to see he is met by his wife. Well, my faithful husband, no less. You finally decided to come home. What's the matter, Harry? Couldn't you stand the suspense any longer? Couldn't you wait another minute for the psychiatrist's verdict? What did he say, Harry? Does he think I'm crazy, too? No one thinks you're crazy, Nancy. How nice. Then you believe me. You believe I saw the satellite. It's not the first time someone has seen a satellite. Right in the road with a giant in it? Don't be so condescending, Harry. I know what you're thinking. I know why Dr. Cushing was here, and I know who called him. All right, I called him. He's here for your own goodness. And I know where you spent the night last night, too. You seem to have a lot of information. Well, I don't like being tailed in my own home. Here. Your giant friend may come looking for this. Harry, wait. Where are you going? Ask Jess. In the next scene, Nancy throws a bottle of alcohol at the TV set when the TV announcer makes fun of her claim of seeing a giant alien. She is so mad that she tells Jessops to get the car and get a gun, and she orders Harry to join her in a search for the giant alien. What happened? So I'm crazy. I'm seeing things, am I? Jess, get the car. I'm going out into the desert and find that thing. And you're going with me. Well, don't just stand there. Go on. You're being ridiculous, Nancy. There's nothing out there. You don't believe me. Well, you're wrong. You're all wrong. And you're drunk, Nancy. Why don't you try to sleep it off? Not until I've proved it to myself and to you. We'll drive on the side roads. I have a strange feeling it's out there somewhere, waiting for me. I'm certain of it. And if it isn't? That I'm crazy and should be committed. Harry and Nancy head out to the desert to search for the giant alien and find it. That's it! Nancy! Nancy! Come back here! Come back here! Let's get out of here, Nancy! It's real! It's real! I'm not crazy! I can't say it! It's a satellite! Come here! Hurry, Jackie! I can't say it! Come here! Harry fires all the bullets in the gun into the giant alien to no effect. 
He then jumps into the car and leaves Nancy in the hands of the giant alien. He heads back to the house and packs all his belongings. But before he can leave, Jessup questions him about the whereabouts of Mrs. Archer. Jessup tells Harry that he's not going anywhere until he lets him know where Mrs. Archer is. A fight breaks out and Harry beats up Jessup. Jessup is beaten badly and manages to call the sheriff. Harry heads immediately to Honey's hotel room and tells her to start packing. Get dressed and packed quick. Uh, what's the matter? No time for questions and answers now. Oh. Here, we're getting out of here. Oh, what did you do, rob the First National Bank? Shut up and get moving. Come on. Oh, all right, all right. Nobody wants to get out of this dump worse than I do. Those are the only clothes I've got. You finished yet? You just got here. You saw what I saw. They jumped out of your skin to get moving. Here, sit me. Come on, come on, come on. All right, all right. Where are we going? Out of here, but fast. You going someplace? Uh, Miss Parker is leaving town. Well, it's kind of sudden, ain't it? The night clerk here didn't know anything about it. I don't know. Well, she she does now. I'm sorry, Mr. Archer. But Sheriff Dubbett wants to see you in his office. For both of you. You're making a mistake, Charlie. Let's go. The sheriff's deputy hauls Harry and Honey down to the sheriff's office. The next morning, the sheriff's deputy gets a call from the sheriff saying they have found Mrs. Archer on the roof of her pool house, and he releases Harry and Honey. Harry and Honey immediately go to see Nancy, who is under the care of Dr. Cushing. How serious is it, Dr. Cushing? It's too early to tell, but we should get her to a hospital as soon as she's strong enough to be moved. Those hours of exposure on the roof didn't help any, especially the way she was dressed. That's not the exposure that worries me. It's those scratches on her throat. That's Mr. Archer now. And honey. I never would have thought it. Better let me do the talking, Dr. Cushing. What's wrong with Nancy, Doctor? What happened? I'll ask the questions, Mr. Archer. Now, suppose you tell me what happened. I'm in no mood for games, Sheriff. Now, I wouldn't go up there if I were you, Harry. There's some possibility she may have been contaminated. There's evidence of some kind of radiation. Of course, we can't be sure. Now, tell me what happened out there, Mr. Archer. Out where? Just told us. You drove Mrs. Archer out into the desert last night with his gun. You came back alone. Now, uh, what happened to... Mrs. Archer, and what happened to the diamond she was wearing? He's lying. I left the house alone, right after you, Dr. Cushing. That's right. Harry was with me all evening. We were just stepping out for air when your deputy stopped us. Dr. Cushing, it's time for that injection you ordered. Thank you, nurse, thank you. I wouldn't have believed it, Harry. I, I'm very disappointed. Well, there seems to be a difference. Careful with that, here. nurse. Exactly 0.75 cc. One way or another. 
When Mrs. Archer regains consciousness, she'll corroborate me, Sheriff Dubbett. Well, where does that leave us? Nowhere. Just don't try to leave town for a while. And that means you too, Miss Parker. We have nothing to hide. We'll be around. Come on, honey, I'll drive you back into town. According to Jess, Mr. Archer drove his wife out into the desert last night and came home alone. Well, there's one thing you can be certain about. Jess is absolutely trustworthy. He's been with Nancy since she was a little girl. I know he's telling the truth. Honey overhears Dr. Cushing's instructions to the nurse about the dosage of some medication for Mrs. Archer. Honey then persuades Harry to give his wife an overdose of her medication. What's the matter? Our necks are way out if Nancy comes to and talks. There is a way out, if you've got the nerve. Try me. The serum that private nurse is using in her hypodermic needle, I, um, I heard the doctor tell her that an overdose would be fatal. Money certainly brings out the best in you, doesn't it? Have you got the nerve? Read the morning papers. Slide over and drive to town. I've got things to do. Just as Harry is about to inject his wife with an overdose of her medication, the nurse comes in and turns on the lights. She screams in horror as Mrs. Archer has grown in size. Mrs. Archer is now in the care of Dr. Cushing and Dr. Loeb. They have restrained her with chains so she can't hurt herself. The two doctors can't figure out what has caused Mrs. Archer to grow. The chains are here. Mm-hmm. Well, Heinrich, what do you make of it? Fantastic. I've made every test in the book. There's no diagnosis. Look at this line. Dermal connective tissue. Filaria? It only were filaria. Well, it's something to go on. A beginning. There's not even streptococcal infection to, to incite inflammation of the lymph channels. What could it be? I don't know. I just don't know. We may find our answer when we operate. Giantism can result from an overactive forward lobe of the pituitary fossa, as you know. Then you think surgery is indicated? Except for that one thing. The blue-green color around the scratches at her throat. I would venture to say there's some sort of radiation which we in medicine have never touched upon. Fortunately, the dose you received was not deadly. And you, you feel there's hope? With surgery, yes. We have to have the husband's permission to operate, of course. There's always hope. Meanwhile, the sheriff and his deputy find giant footprints leading to the pool house. The sheriff and Jessup follow the footprints from the pool house to the alien sphere. They enter the sphere and find Mrs. Archer diamond necklace. The two men are spotted by the giant alien. The giant alien chases them out of the sphere, and the sheriff and Jessup hide behind their car. The sheriff shoots at the giant to no effect. The giant is finally turned away when the sheriff uses hand grenades on him. The giant alien gets back in his ship, blasts off, and heads back into space. Meanwhile, back at the Archer house, Nancy is awake and has busted out of her chains and broken out of the house. She is now looking for her husband. 
she begins destroying buildings in the town while searching for her husband, starting with the hotel Honey was staying in. She then moves to the bar where Harry and Honey are cornered. She rips off the roof of the building, killing Honey when debris crushes her. She then picks up Harry and walks away, slowly crushing him. As Nancy passes near a power pole, the sheriff shoots and hits a transformer, causing an explosion, killing Nancy. Nancy falls to the ground, clutching Harry in her hand. Sheriff, you're, you're not going to use that on her. What do you want me to do, put salt on her tail? That's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. Today's movie was shot in eight days on a budget of $89,000. The movie poster for today's movie is one of the most iconic movie posters of the 1950s. If you haven't seen it, it's a 200-foot woman, scantily clad, straddling a freeway with a car in her hand. Director Nathan Geron was so unhappy with the movie that he changed his credit to Nathan Hertz. Hertz is Geron's middle name. A remake was made by HBO in 1993, starring Daryl Hannah in the title role, who also produced the movie. This movie was partially featured in Joe Dante's movie mashup, The Movie Orgy. Today's movie was inspired by the success of The Amazing Colossal Man and The Incredible Shrinking Man. And that's it for movie trivia. Now it's time for the Star Trek connection. Everybody knows I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every movie and TV show I watch. I'm sorry to say I couldn't find a Star Trek connection in today's movie. So let's move into my comments. I watched the 2007 DVD release from Warner Brothers. It was on their three-box set, titled... Cult Camp Classics 1, Sci-Fi Thrillers, which included the movies The Great Behemoth and Queen of Outer Space. The DVD has an audio commentary by co-star Yvette Vickers and film historian Tom Weaver. The picture and sound quality are goodness on this DVD. I have to admit something to all of you. You all know I'm a big fan of 1950s science fiction movies but I'd never seen this movie before I watched it for this week's podcast. I remember 
it coming on TV when I was a kid, but I never sat down and watched it. I must admit that this movie is one of those movies that are so bad that they're good. It uses the rich wife killing the philandering husband and money-hungry girlfriend trope. This movie could have been made in the 1940s with Barbara Stanwyck, Robert Taylor, and Gloria Graham. It's an old story, but if you throw in an alien encounter and some radiation, you got today's movie. It's only 66 minutes long, so it moves pretty fast. I think all of the main actors did a great job in their roles, especially Yvette Vickers. She was the best of the three main characters. I really didn't care for the sheriff's deputy. He was the comedy relief in this movie. I think it would have been better off without him. The special effects in this movie were absolutely horrible. You could see the strings on the sphere as it moved across the screen. When they showed the giants in the movie, they were transparent. You could see right through the giants, except for the the scenes where she was tearing apart a building because that was just miniatures. Um, Her height when she was a giant, it changed. She might have been 50 feet when she was next to a power pole. She might have been 25 feet when she was next to a building. It fluctuated. They had a giant hand in the movie that they used for Nancy and the giant alien man. And it was it was really bad because paper mache and rubber and they used the same hand. So when it was the, the male hand, they put hair on the back of it. And when it was the woman's hand, they painted the fingernails really, really bad. And speaking of the giant, his costume, he looked like he came out of medieval times, you know, right out. He was a serf or a serf servant during King Arthur's dinner. Really looked bad. Um, there are two things I really did like about the movie. The first thing I liked was Mrs. Archer's 1958 Chrysler Imperial Coupe. That was a beautiful car. I mean, back in the late 50s, cars had fins. This car had huge fins. I mean, it was big as a boat, must have weighed five tons. My old boss has one of these cars in his garage. It's light blue and white, two-tone, and it's huge. And you know it just rides like a the couch. It's like driving from your couch. It's a beautiful car. It's the kind of car Mr. Drysdale used to drive on the Beverly Hillbillies. The second thing I like was the fight scene between Jessup and Harry. It was a good old-fashioned knockdown, drag-out fight. You know the kind like they used to have in the old 1940s serials where two guys could fight all day and not knock each other's hats off? It was a great fight. This is a fun movie, and I would recommend it to all science fiction fans. It's not the best movie, but it's fun to watch. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'll give this movie a solid 5. And those are my comments about Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up this week's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back next week with a podcast on the Next Generation episode, Lessons. I'll end today's podcast with the main title theme to today's movie. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5, signing off.
You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Join the forum at treksinsci-fi.com forward slash forum or write to Rico today. TrekSF at gmail.com Until next time, live long and prosper. Treks in Sci-Fi. Transmission.